0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. This week I want to talk about the accessibility of God. So, God, by his very nature, is ineffable, meaning we can't use words to really capture who he is. He's really big. All right? In fact, they said, if you were going to get even close to his creation, just his creation, eight miles long by eight miles wide by eight miles high of sand. That would just be creation. So he's huge. He's infinite. We can't capture him. And because that's true, oftentimes we conclude he's out there somewhere doing something. But with our own real lives... It kind of has God's up there doing something. Maybe he's on know, roller skating on the rings of Saturn, something really cool. But we've got bills to pay. Family members are getting sick and we got things to do. And I don't know what he's up to. But that's why God gave us the scriptures. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit and the church to constantly purify our understanding of God. Because he knew you and I would get off track. We would conclude that since he's infinite and a mystery, that he was inaccessible. Or at best, maybe for really good boys and girls, he'll show up for. But see, in the gospel today, we get reminded of who Jesus is. Jesus is God enfleshed. Jesus is, as we sing at Christmas time, hail the incarnate deity, meaning God became flesh in Jesus. Really, all the power, all the majesty, all the immense beauty and love and grace of the infinite God has taken on flesh and has revealed himself in Jesus. Jesus is God translated into human community, if that makes sense. What is God like? Well, we look to Jesus. And it wasn't just like a nice image of God. God's actually pouring through the very body of Jesus. So when Jesus is smiling, God smiles. When Jesus looked at someone, God was looking at that person. This is the uniqueness, the astonishment, and the revelation of Jesus. It's also what makes us crazy. That a God would become flesh and one of us is amazing. So he becomes accessible. We have in the gospel a dad whose daughter is dying. And he runs and falls at the feet of Jesus and begs him, If you touch her, she'll be healed. He's moved. Jesus moves with this man towards the daughter in need. Or then we have this woman bleeding, hemorrhaging for 12 years, doctor after doctor, desperation after desperation increasing, and she says, if I can touch his clothing, I'll be healed. She wants to touch him, and in touching him, she realizes he's actually touching me because she's healed and transformed the infinite, giant God becomes accessible in Jesus. So where does that happen? Right In the first century, he had a historical body. Right? At this point, he's probably about 31, 32 years old. Right? Almost the age of Father Matt. All right? Is that nice for you? <laughs> Not me. I'm the old wise priest now, by the way. So... <laughs> Got it all figured out. (laughs) About the age of Father Matt, maybe a little bit younger even actually. That was his historical body. So if they could touch him back then and they could experience the power of God, what about us in the 21st century? Well, this is what the church teaches, is that the historical body of Jesus was transformed into the mystical body of Jesus. The mystical body of Jesus is the church. The church, yes, has its human beings and is flawed, but it also has the divine power, grace, beauty, and glory of the immense God being poured through it. So, when the church teaches something officially, it's Jesus teaching. When the God, when the scriptures are proclaimed, it is God's voice we hear. And those who have been baptized and confirmed and live in sync with the Holy Spirit reveal the supernatural in their own bodies. Think of what it would have been like to have Mother Teresa talk with you. It's not just seeing a cute old lady. There's something more happening there. And that more is that she's a member of the mystical body of Christ and God is pouring through her and we call it grace. But where the mystical body of Christ is most powerful is what we call liturgy. We say, I go to Mass on Sunday, and that's another good word for it, but it's called the liturgy. And we actually call it the sacred, or at times, divine liturgy. This is different than a prayer service. Prayer services are good. Jesus says, if two or more people are gathered in my name, I am there with them. So prayer services, there is grace and the Holy Spirit's at work. But the liturgy is actually God's activity. We believe that you're here today because the Holy Spirit prompted you. Some by moving you with great love of Jesus. Some out of guilty conscience. You don't want to feel really bad in the morning for missing Mass on Sunday. Some of you, they moved through your spouse who said you better get going. However God moved, He drew you here. We believe that when we gather, this is the assembling power of God at work. And then we hear Jesus' voice through the scriptures, God ministering, teaching, informing us. And at the end of the beginning of the Eucharistic prayer, the priest always says, joining with the angels and saints, we enter into their song and we sing, holy, holy, holy. Literally, angels and saints descend upon this place, and we ascend, and there's an intermingling. Heaven and earth are not separate here. Divinity and humanity are not separate here, because in Christ, humanity and divinity have been reconciled, and we have been baptized into Christ. And then at the high point of the Mass, or the liturgy, of course, the miracle happens where the Holy Spirit, through an ordained priest, transforms bread and wine into the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. The early church said in the sacraments, heaven kisses earth. Tenderly, affectionately, the kiss. Where is the touch from the gospel? It's alive in the mystical body tangible, accessible. This is why when you come into the church, there's holy water fonts. You dip your hand in there. You're not being re-baptized. It's to remind us that we have been initiated into this unique community. Something had to happen to us to participate in something so noble, so divine. We don't have a birthright to this except a supernatural birthright by baptism. And of those of you who are, uh, what's the right word? Mature enough to remember when this place was consecrated, a bishop at every church before it can be worshipped in pours oil on the altar and on the walls. He consecrates it. God set this building aside Because here is where divine activity happens and human beings get to join in. Now, this isn't just you and I thinking, Oh, great. How about that? When we get to enter into and touch God, we're transformed. This is what St. Paul went all over the world telling people. He says, You are a member of the household of God. You ever have a college student come home and just open up the fridge and just rate it? Just eat everything all of a sudden? They know they're part of the household. They're not afraid. Is it okay if I do this? Can I have these eggs, dad? Is it okay? Yeah, go and make themselves right at home. You're a member of the household of God. He says, you have been transformed into the body of Christ. You are members of his body. You are a son and daughter of God. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul continues and said, You have been transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's not just like, I don't know, like whistling Dixie or saying nice things. This actually happened through the sacraments because that's where the inaccessible God becomes accessible and touches us and transforms us again. And we get the word Mass from the last line of the Mass when the priest says, go. It's not that we don't want to hang out with you and say, get out of here. It's because you're sent on a mission. Yes, clothe the naked, feed the poor, visit the imprisoned, of course. But more so than that, purified and empowered with your identity and your nobility You're meant to go out and tell the homeless man or woman on the street. You have a dignity. You are invited by Christ to be a member of the household of God. You are not a poor person. You are God's son or daughter suffering from poverty. But you have nobility. Come and see. You're meant to tell all the injustices of your workplaces or homes or people who are persecuted. You're meant to say, yes, I know that is a grave injustice, but do you know who you are? You are not first and foremost a victim. You are first and foremost gods. You are His temple. Jesus bought you with a price. Come and see the place where you can be touched by God and be transformed. This is what is offered at every Mass. This is what we participate in. And this is why we have a Sunday obligation. It's not because we can't wait to see you and make your Sundays chaotic at home as you get ready. It's because we know what God is pouring out and offering. And we know, left to our own devices, we'll eat a whole sleeve of double-stuffed Oreo and get very fat. We need to know what healthy is. And we need people to remind us to go for walks and eat vegetables. If we need it in our body, how much more do we need it in our souls to be reminded what is the truth, what is the goodness, and what is the beauty of our God who out of love for us becomes accessible. So I'm just going to ask that we take a few moments of silence not to do anything, not to plan anything, but if God used anything I said to speak to you, and you got a little glimpse of the majesty of what happens here. Just stay in awe. Stay with the moment of reverence. That is the heart letting you know the Holy One is real, and He's present. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.